You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. If you're a regular listener, then you're familiar with the mystery sound segment of our show. But if you're not familiar, in the middle of each episode, we play a sound and ask you to write in and tell us what you think it is. Now, to be honest, this whole thing is just an excuse for us to engage with you and drop some interesting factoids about sounds that don't necessarily need a full episode. Plus, anyone who guesses it right is entered to win a free, super soft 20K t-shirt. Now, once a year, we like to round up the best mystery sounds from the past 12 months into kind of a game show. It allows you to play along and catch up on any sounds you may have missed. It also gives me an opportunity to take a break from reading scripts and be a little more casual and goofy. Most importantly, though, it gives our team a well-deserved break going into the busy holiday season. Last year, I had on the McElroy brothers from the podcast My Brother, My Brother and Me. And this year, we've invited the hosts of another great podcast called Under Understood. That's Billy, Adrian, John, and Regina. You'll also hear from Casey, our supervising producer, who will be keeping score. So without further ado, here's my friend Matt Baker, giving us the best game show announcer voice he could muster. Welcome to the second annual 20,000 Hertz Mystery Sound Extravaganza. In this heated competition, four opponents will compete to become the ultimate mystery sound champion. The rules are simple. Each sound has a maximum score of three points. If the correct answer is guessed without any hints, the guesser will receive all three. If one hint is given, the guesser will receive two points. If two hints are given, the guesser will receive a single point. Four players will enter. Only one will emerge victorious. Let the games begin. Oh my gosh. There are points. I remember this now from the McElroy episode. So you are pitted against each other. Pitting us against each other, exactly. And you mentioned Price is Right earlier. So is it closest without going over in terms of the size of the object? (laughs) (laughs) The price of licensing the sound. (laughs) Yeah, basically we're making this whole thing up along the way. It's Dallas rules. Okay. It's like, whose line is it anyway? Pretty much. So yeah, why don't we dive into it just to get it get it going? All right, sound number one. I feel like this is like on a synthesizer keyboard where there are like preset songs. It sounds like a synthesized ocarina to me, so I'm gonna guess it's Ocarina of Time. I think they're trying to make us think that. Sounds very much <laughs> like it's from Zelda or a video game like that. But I think it's something from the real world. Like an elevator in Japan. Yeah, they've designed the like audible version of the crosswalk to be more pleasant. Or a bidet. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. I kind of feel like it's like a microwave being done sound, you know? It's like a electronic, like this is complete type of notification. Regina just played her own mystery sound. Yeah, I'm so sorry. My dog is very vocal. (laughs) My guess is it's something in the box because I heard a little bit of like digital ambience. So I'm going to stick with my Ocarina of Time guess. I'm going to say it's a dryer unit. A washer or dryer unit (laughs) indicating that it's done the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's definitely a machine singing to a human. 
hint number one, it is indeed from a video game. Oh, and yeah. I'm going to go to a hint number two. It is from a Super Nintendo game. And you're awfully close. So it's a Zelda. It is a Zelda. So it's linked to the past. There you go. That's it. It's the flute from A Link to the uh, Past, which was my favorite game as a kid. I feel like a lot of people are probably really disappointed in us right now. I'm ashamed. So basically, it's the flute. Uh, it's used to transform the weather vane in Kakariko Village into the flying duck. And once you awaken this flying duck, you can use the flute to call it and fast travel around Hyrule. I think it's still possible that it's playing on a bidet somewhere. Uh, it's definitely possible. Right. We could all be right. Just to confirm, John, you were the one who actually said A Link to the Past, right? Yeah, uh, probably only by virtue of being fast. So, yeah, what's the score? What is uh, That was kind of tricky right off the bat, Casey. We're going to go with one since we didn't get the actual title until we gave both hints. Okay, so you're stingy with those points. Yeah, I'm taking this seriously. As you should. All right, well, yeah, let's keep going then. Uh, sound number two. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> so <laughs> sorry. Right? I'm so sorry. <laughs> that is not it, but adorable. Um, I'm just, I'm going to have to just grab him. Just give me one second. So sorry. All good. You should definitely use this as a future mystery sound. Yes. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm back. All right. So sound number two. Those sound like birds. Now I think this one is a crosswalk. No, it had like uh, crickets chirping in the back. Yeah, it was very naturey. Oh, sorry. They don't have crosswalks in the the woods. <laughs> Well, uh, hint number one is that it's not a bird. No. Mm. Oh. But it is an animal that's native to Africa and central Iran. Wow, that was a huge hint. Is there like an animal that's not technically a bird, but sounds like, a, you know, I feel like there's an animal that I'm thinking of that I can't quite name. Like a kiwi. Sorry, that's what I meant. Technically not a bird, but like everyone thinks of as a bird. You know, like a tomato and vegetable situation. <laughs> What's the tomato of birds? I'll go with hint number two here. So it's actually a big cat. Oh, what? Oh, wow. Is this a lynx? It is not a lynx. Well, I'll reveal this one because this is impossible. I couldn't get this when I first heard it. But what it is, is it's actually the chirp of a cheetah. What? No. Cheetahs chirp like this when they're excited, uh, like when they're gathered around a kill. So it's adorable sounding, but I don't think I'd ever want to hear it. Oh, that is weird. Nature is so weird. It is so weird. <laughs> so cheetah mothers uh, also chirp to call their cubs to them, and they also purr like regular house cats too, which is adorable. Yeah, I'm wondering how they even mechanically make that sound. And why does Chester Cheetah never make this noise? <laughs> That'd be a great sound for Cheetos. You know what I love about Chester is that he is his own off-brand, because there's Cheetos, obviously, but then there's Chester's, which are their own product. <laughs> that it's like the off-brand of Cheeto. It's like his contract negotiation was up. Uh-huh. Uh, well, let's, go, let's keep going. Let's go into sound number three here. So we, uh, no points on that one. But, uh, but yeah, this one, somebody will get this one. Sounds like an electric vehicle of some sort to me. That is a very good, good guess. It was something recorded out in the real world because there's like mic handling happening. So it's the car's not moving, I think. 
If it is a car. I feel like John is cheating. That's not cheating. That's using <laughs> things in the sound. John's using his bionic ears that he was born with. So it is a noise meant to alert you of something. And it is from a car. A very, very popular car. A very popular car. Sounds like a Tesla. That is a Tesla. It's a Tesla Model 3. I don't know if all of the models do this, but it's a Tesla Model 3 backing up. And it sounds oh. like a spaceship. Uh, what? When it goes... Uh, that is really stressful. That's terrible. I would hate that. <laughs> it also makes a noise when you're going forward. And I think it's under like 22 miles an hour. It just does a white noise sound out of the front. That's probably a law thing, right? Right. So it's basically a... Um, a safety issue. So if you have these cars that make no sound whatsoever, you're at a crosswalk or maybe somebody doesn't see you or something like that. It's just like another sensory feedback just to let you know that the car is there. I feel like the thing is that if I heard that noise, I would just stop and be like, what is that noise? And then we'd get hit by the Tesla. <laughs> right. Yeah, that seems right. All right. Let's go into sound number four. We have 20 of them. So yeah, let's just let's dive right in. Sounds like a clip from a movie. Yeah, like a Star Wars type. The end, it's almost like a dog. It's like dogs barking at some monsters, yeah. Jumanji. It's older than Jumanji. Sounds old. It's from an animated movie. I'll give you that. <gasps> okay. And I'll give you the second hit too, because I think it's important. It's from an animated Christmas movie. Oh, the the abominable the abominable snowman bam there it is what? so it's the abominable snow monster also known as the bumble from the old rudolph the red-nosed reindeer claymation movie one of the vocalizations from the abominable abominable snow monster is also uh, one of the classic sound effects from king kong's roar whoa i was going to say king kong it's basically sound effects being reused. So yeah, now it's the abominable snow monster. All right, sound number five. It's like a device looking for a signal. This also feels like it's from a movie. Yeah, definitely. The immediate thing that comes to mind is like old Nokia phone. It is a physical thing that you would put in your hand, but it's not a phone. Is it a Tamagotchi? You got it. Wow. Oh my wow. God, really? Yeah. Uh, no hints on that one. That's three whole points. Wow. No, there was a hint. You said it's a physical thing. That wasn't part of the official Wasn't hint, the official though. hint. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was basically saying you're getting warmer. I think there's like, some favoritism here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that is a Tamagotchi, and it comes from a combination of Japanese words. One is egg, tamago. Forgive me, Japanese speakers. And uh, the word for watch, which is uachi. I just remember wanting that thing for months and months, and then I got it and got bored of it in two days. All right, sound number six. Cash register. Oh, ATM dispensing money. Both of those are very close. Is it like a bill counter? It is not. I would say that this is very rare to see one of these nowadays does have something to do with a credit card. Oh, it's the thing. It's the impression. It's the imprint thing that you slide over the card. What's the name of that? I don't know what that's called. A credit card imprinter. 
<laughs> which is uh, basically a, a hand-operated metal device that you put a credit card into along with uh, like carbon paper. And then you press down on the handle and slide it over the card. And then the raised numbers put the imprint on the paper. That's how it works. I like that one because it sounds like it would be really satisfying to do the action and get that sound. Sounds nice. Cool. Why don't we keep going? Maybe this one. This will be the one. So next sound. That was like three things in one. That was like a hit from a trailer. Is it a lawnmower starting? Like, you know those old lawnmowers where you had to like pull a cord to get it to start? I think it's like two punches followed by someone falling off a building or something. I will say it is from a movie that came out in the early 2000s. It involves a character with a big beard who's kind of magical. The Santa Claus. Close. The Santa Claus 2. Santa Claus 3. Harry Potter. There you go. It's somebody in Harry Potter, and I want to give you the point. So what that is is the sound of Hagrid lighting a fire with his magic umbrella in Harry Potter <laughs> and the Sorcerer's Stone. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to say I don't feel that bad about not getting that one right. Okay. <laughs> so the story behind that is so while working on the movie, the director told the supervising sound editor that he didn't want anything modern or futuristic or electronic for the spell sounds. And basically did not want Harry Potter to sound like Star Wars. And so that's what motivated that sound. Next sound. I think somebody will get this one. Oh, I know this. Earthworm Jim. Mm. What is it? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, it's from Earthworm Jim. It is not, but it is a game. But you were so sure. But it's a game. Sure it wasn't reused in Earthworm Jim. Potentially. Billy, drop it. (laughs) 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 Um, Is it from a Game Boy Advance game? It is not. I can give you one hint, though. Mm -hmm. Twist it. Bop it. Oh, it's like a bop it? Oh. There you go. Uh, John got it first. Uh, yeah. That was only one hint. Famously, there was an earthworm gym inside of the Boppet. Everyone knows that. <laughs> right. <laughs> People forget about the earthworm gym inside the Boppet. So the story behind that is, so that's the sound uh, the original Boppet made when you lose the game. The voice on the original version is uh, from its inventor, Dan Klitzner. And in the prototype, that game over sound was him doing a Homer Simpson dope, like dope sound. But they knew they couldn't license it, so they changed it to, ow! It's a very tragic sound. Okay, so what, what we're going to do now, okay, just play it. I'm excited about this one, though. This is the site he chose for the transdimensional convergence. I think he did it just to annoy me. So who is that character? There's like a fly buzzing in the background or something. So the voice sounds familiar, but I don't recognize the line. Is this from Batman the Animated Series? It is not. Mm. Is it from Dragon Ball Z? It is not. <laughs> but it is an animated TV show from the 80s, maybe early 90s. This is the site he chose for the transdimensional convergence. I think he did it just to annoy me. Is it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? It is. <gasps> it is from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is it Shredder? It is Shredder. Who played Shredder, though? So it's the same actor who played this person. We are going to start acting more like a family. Do I make myself clear? Oh. You recognize that voice? Yeah. Who is it? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like a tip of my tongue situation. Wait, can you play it again? We are going to start acting more like a family. Do I make myself clear? Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince. It's Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince, who's also Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Whoa. I had no idea. <laughs> I still don't know his name, though. James Avery. We'll give you a bonus point for that one, Billy. Oh, thanks. Okay, sound 10. Wizards and witches, wherever you dwell, give us a gift by ringing the bell. <laughs> movie, old movie. It's like a hocus pocus situation. Ooh. It is not. Uh, is it the original movie Witches? Not the remake? It is not a movie. Is it a TV show? TV show? It is not. I'll go with um, hint number one. It involves 999 of something, but there's always room for one more. Wizards and witches, wherever you dwell, give us a gift by ringing the bell. Oh, oh, the, um, is this um the Haunted Mansion? It is the Haunted Mansion from Disneyland. Ooh, that's oh. a really good one. So basically, it's that floating head inside a crystal ball that says a bunch of things throughout the ride. Got it. The person whose face they used was Disney Imagineer Leota Toombs. But the voice was actually dubbed over from another actress named Eleanor Audley, who is also the voice of Maleficent in Sleeping Beauty. Before the sun sets on her 16th birthday, she shall prick her finger on the spindle of a spinning wheel and die. All right, cool. What's the score? I don't even know where we're at right now. All right, so Regina has none so far. Billy and Adrian are both tied at two points each, and John has 12. Oh, man. Why are you so good at this, John? I mean, we knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, nobody's surprised. He's the ears of the crew, you know? I got lucky in that I subscribed to a bunch of theme park YouTube channels. Oh, you got lucky that that happened. <laughs> like that's some kind of accident, John. The 20,000 Hertz Mystery Sound Extravaganza will return after these messages. Why should you learn another language with Babbel? Well, there are a ton of reasons, but let's see how many I can fit into 60 seconds. First, Babbel works fast. You can start having conversations in another language in as little as three weeks. Next, it makes overseas vacations more fun and less stressful. I used it all the time on my last trip to Italy. If you work with foreign collaborators, Babbel can help you deepen those relationships. It's a fun thing to do when you need a break, and it's way better than doom scrolling. Babbel teaches you about other cultures, Speaking for myself, learning something new just makes me feel good. It's very affordable. And finally, signing up for Babbel helps support 20,000 Hertz. Okay, make that eight reasons, or otto ragioni, as they'd say in Italian. To get started on a new language today, here's a special limited-time deal for 20,000 Hertz listeners. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription right now at babbel.com slash 20K. This offer is only available for our listeners. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 20K for 55% off. Babbel.com slash 20K. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
congratulations to Carol Kellett for getting last episode's mystery sound right. That's the sound of someone scrolling the click wheel of an iPod. The last model to use the click wheel was the iPod Classic from 2014. So unless you're still rocking the old iPod, it's probably not a sound you'll hear anymore. And here's this episode's mystery sound. If you know what that is, submit your guess at the web address mystery.20k.org. Anyone who guesses it right will automatically be entered to win one of our world-famous Super Soft t-shirts. And just a heads up, since this is our last episode of the year, the winner won't be announced until our next season launches on January 19th. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. NetSuite has simple solutions for complicated business problems. For example, let's say you open a bakery. Before long, your hotcakes are selling like, well, hotcakes. But you keep running out of ingredients. No problem, because not only can NetSuite automate your purchasing so you're never out of stock, but it can also check that your staff have the right training to make those hotcakes to perfection. Mm. NetSuite can even handle online orders so your hotcakes can really take off. Having one system handling all of this saves both time and money. And if there's two things we all want more of, it's time and money. Okay, so three things if you include hotcakes. That's probably why more than 37,000 businesses have already signed up for NetSuite by Oracle. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash 20k now to take advantage of this offer. That's netsuite.com slash 20k. netsuite.com slash 20k. We now return to the second annual 20,000 Hertz Mystery Sound Extravaganza. Let's keep going, though. Um, Sound 11. Can I just keep guessing Star Wars? Eventually it'll be right. I feel like it's another Disneyland ride. It's a music hit with the roar, which I feel like is a very... TV show thing to do. But the roar is like really low quality and the hit is not. Wow, that's mean, John. (laughs) I sound designed that, so I'm a little offended, but okay. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm never going to be invited back. (laughs) I did not sound design this. Sorry, can we hear it again? There's a helicopter, it sounds like. So I'll give a hint because we are not warm on this one. So it is from a video game that's been released multiple times. And I'm going to give you the second hint, too. This character has four arms. Uh, Mortal Kombat. I'm going to call it. And I'm going to give that point. Okay. Because there's no reason why you should keep this name tucked away in your brain. Is it Prince Goro? Well, yeah. 
That's who it is. <laughs> I didn't even know that Goro was a prince. Is Goro a prince? Because we're going to have to add a point if that's the case, because that's not even in my notes here. I'm pretty sure he's a prince. He's a prince in the movie. I think he might be. I'm on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> where do they have the royalty credentials in the <laughs> Wikipedia page? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Goro is a strong but sophisticated prince of the Shokan race. Yes. Look at that. You got to give at least two points for that. Okay, yeah. I get a bonus point on that one. I'm going to need him. Thank you. So we do have some opportunity here for someone to gain some three points real quick right now on this next sound. So um, get ready because here it comes. Lost. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would have got it. <laughs> so Lost intro, that theme was composed by J.J. Abrams, one of the show's creators. And as far as I'm aware, almost all of the shows that J.J. Abrams has produced or created, like Fringe and those, he did the theme songs. And I suspect because the theme songs actually make the most money in royalties. So it would make sense that if you oh. want to make tons of royalty wow. money, write the theme song. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I love that. Yep. We're about to find out where you all are from, if you guess the next one correct. Is this a regional advertisement? I'm thinking like regional news theme. Close. Sounds more like entertainment. Weather. Does have to do with sports, but there was a small chance that someone here might be Canadian. Is anyone Canadian? No. Uh, no. There's no, no way anybody's going to get it then. Because <laughs> 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 when we posted this on the show, every Canadian that listens to the show knew exactly what it was immediately, and I didn't know what it was. Can we phone a Canadian? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that'd be so good. You said this has to do with sports. Sports, yeah. So it's got to be so hockey, right? hockey. So I think every Canadian would get that. But I'll go ahead and reveal it because there are no Canadians. But that's the beginning of the hockey theme, which has been used by the Canadian sports networks for over 50 years. Most famously, it was um, used in the CBC Hockey Night in Canada up until 2008. This is like if someone is in the other room and they hear the hockey sound come on, then they know it's time. Right. Uh, all right, let's play the next sound. I think I know what it is. I think it's a wax cylinder. It sounds like a woman singing into a very lo-fi recording instrument. It's very melancholy. Is this the first recording ever made? It is the earliest recognizable recording of a human. So I would call that a point, don't you think, Casey? Sure, yeah. The song is almost impossible to even make out. But basically, it's Au Claire de la Lune, which was recorded on an old-fashioned device called a phonograph. And it was recorded in 1860. Wow. Which makes it the earliest recognizable recording of a human voice. That's wild. Casey, I'll let you dole out the points. Uh, well, we didn't give any of the actual hints that we had. So I suppose that's three points. I don't think I actually got it. Oh. Yeah, he, he doesn't need it. Come on. I like asked a bunch of questions that were like, is, yeah. I feel like that should almost be negative points. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's fair? One point? <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, I'm doing one because you didn't guess the song, so we'll do one. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep going. Next one, sound number 15. Uh, is this the codec in Metal Gear Solid? What? Wow. Oh, that is exactly the codec from Metal, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Some sounds you just uh, memorize for life, I guess. Wow. Wow. So that I played that game a lot. And then actually my husband is playing it right now. So it was fresh in my mind. Like as we speak? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Okay. That's very uh, impressive. Uh, okay. Well, how about the next one? Is that a couple people playing shofars? I was going to say shofar. It is not. I don't know, but I feel like it's being played in the morning, like first thing in the morning. It's like a call to prayer in the morning or something. Or in mourning, like it's something sad happened. That is a good guess, I think. But I will say it's an instrument from Tibet. And it is made from something that I think we all have. Regrets. <laughs> Regrets. <laughs> Human bone. So you did get that. It is a bone instrument from a human. Wait, human bone? Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Whoa. Oh my so gosh. what human bones could you make an instrument out of? Like a femur? Yeah. Wouldn't that be it? That is a femur, isn't it, Casey? Now that I'm looking at it. Uh, thigh bone. I think a thigh bone is the femur, though, isn't it? I know the femur is in the leg. I think it is the thigh bone, but also I'm a little biased because I would love a point here. Yeah, your thigh bone, femur, is the longest and strongest bone in the body. Yeah, you got thigh bone. We'll definitely give you a point for that. So it's the sound (laughs) of a uh, kongling, which is uh, a horn used in certain Tibetan Buddhist rituals. Uh, Konglings are traditionally made from human thigh bones. So that's what your thigh bone sounds like after it's dried out and, uh, I don't know, buzzed into. Very resonant. By the way, Regina is by far the most morbid of <laughs> our crew, so it's totally fitting that she would get the bone-related question. Death or TikTok, that's Regina's category. <laughs> she has that tattooed on her back, actually. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok or die. <laughs> We are all the way up to sound number 17 of 20. (laughs) Oh, boy. Is this obscene? Obscene? We are a very PG show, so it's not obscene. (laughs) I'm just... What could be... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It had a little chirp in there. Yeah, was it like an Angry Birds thing? Is it a balloon? We're going to need a hint, I think. It's one of the most classic sound effects in television history. Classic in that it's used a lot or classic in that it has an iconic use? In this particular show, yeah. So these are other sounds featured in this show too. And I think we have two of them. So maybe we'll dance around it. Oh, Twilight Zone? No. Close. X-Files? Closer in era to the Twilight Zone, the original series. Star Trek? There you go. Can you pick out what it is in the Starship Enterprise here? Is it the doors? It's the sliding doors. 
So that's uh, the sound of the sliding doors on the Starship Enterprise um, from the original series. I'm going to give a point each to uh, Billy and Adrian for Star Trek and the doors. Cool. Okay, great. (laughs) Uh, Okay, there is almost no chance this next one will be guessed, but it's a very cool story, I think. Um... It's like a UFO landing. Hmm. I w- I would say it it uh, it's, uh not far off. Not far off. Is this a field recording of something? It is. It's very remote. I would say it's very very remote. Is this an Area Fifty One or something? I thought that part of the sound was a heartbeat, but it sounds like it's just some other kind of low frequency. It's like wind. Interference, yeah, like wind. So I will say the recording was made last year, and it's maybe the most profound recording since recording existed. I might go that far. What? What? Okay, you have to let us guess at this one for a little while. This is the room noise when Mark Zuckerberg announced Facebook would now be known as Meta. (laughs) 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 okay but it's not something in space because space doesn't make a sound so it's something that was like recorded for the first time probably and it's something really remote it's something at the bottom of the sea it's the very first recording of where this is is it mars it is mars Oh. oh okay it's the very first audio recording captured on Mars. And it was uh, recorded by the Perseverance rover and um, they took a mic along. But the atmospheric pressure is so low that it would be a very thin sound anyway. But this recording is basically five mile an hour winds blowing across the Martian surface and as well as uh, the sound of the rover itself. That's cool. Wow. What is the speed of sound on Mars? (laughs) Yeah, turn it around. How do you like being on the spot? I feel like I'm I'm being challenged right now. (laughs) I'm looking it up uh, because it's got to be different, right? So it's very cold. I can't remember if it slows down in cold. What is the speed of sound on Earth? Speed of sound on Earth is 760 miles per hour. On Mars, it's 540 miles per hour. The density of Mars's atmosphere is 100 times less than Earth, so sound is softer there. So it's going to be harder to pull off massive concerts there when we colonize it. It's ASMR planet. Budget that in. All right. Where? uh, Okay. I'm not going to signpost. Here's sound number 19. Sounds like rain. Sounds like butter on toast. Sounds like uh, ice. It is not ice. Yeah. Can you go again? like walking on snow i feel like it's like rain on an animal breaking out of an eggshell i will say that this is a small animal and this had to be recorded like very close up and turned way up to hear it is it like something coming out of a chrysalis like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly that would sound probably very similar but i will say that this animal is an animal and it's slimy a snake coming out of an egg oh it's something digesting something it's eating yeah 
small, slimy, and eating. Chester the cheetah. (laughs) I don't think that this is going to (laughs) happen. Slug? Close, yeah. A slug eating its lover? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What do slugs eat? I don't know. They're lovers, yeah. Exclusively, they're lovers, yeah. (laughs) A snail eating a piece of lettuce. What? Are you literally like in my mystery sound show document here. Um, It is literally a snail chowing down on a piece of lettuce. I just know they like lettuce. Wow. Well, it was a team uh, at the BBC Earth Lab recorded this snail in an anechoic chamber, which is one of those chambers that have no sound in it, with a super ultra-sensitive microphone. And it's still that noisy. It's still that noisy. John is the person who would go in an anechoic chamber and be like, it's a little resonant. Can you get closer to the mic, please? <laughs> He's still poo-pooing their work. They've probably spent months trying to get this snail to eat lettuce under the perfect conditions. And you're like, ah, it's like, like room noise. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is it's so quiet. Someone was able to pick it up. Never mind. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> we only have one sound left here. What are the point totals before we go into the final cue? Okay, final round. Uh, Billy, three. Adrian, nine. Ooh. Sean. Gosh, can you even count that high? 17. (laughs) (laughs) Regina, one. I will say that this would be great if anybody got this. (laughs) Oh, I know what this is. This is the mummy. Yeah. This is the recreation of the sound of a mummy that was done last year, right? It actually was. Oh, is it? Yeah, John mapped this on his uh, his OP1 keyboard and like made a song out of it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess there's no reason to do any of these hints. So hint number one I thought was pretty clever, which is it's not a recording of a living thing, which was kind of turning it sideways because it's technically not living. Hint number two was if you're going to go up against one of these, you should get Brendan Fraser's help. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you got it right off the bat. Oh, God. I'm, I feel like I ruined your... your... <laughs> that's okay. No, that's great. You should send Dallas your song, John. It was Yummy by Justin Bieber. Yeah, you got that yummy, yum, the yummy, yum, the yummy, yummy. But made with the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah, that was the recreated voice of an Egyptian mummy named Nessiamun. So researchers in England made that sound by reproducing his mouth and vocal tract with a 3D printer. The researchers said it isn't a totally accurate representation, uh, partially because his tongue had dried out and shrunk over 3,000 years. So the recreated tongue is much smaller than it would have been. Also, he probably never did that utterance. <laughs> no, of course not. At one point in any of my life, have I ever just gone, Argh. No, I'm pretty sure that means I love you in ancient Egyptian. <laughs> I think it's the sound I'm going to make when I hear the point totals at the end of this. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, so we got Regina at one point, Billy at three points, Adrian at nine points, and John at 20 points. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean. John, you're going to have to come back for the Tournament of Champions. <laughs> you're the Ken Jennings of the Mystery Sound Show. I can't remember who won last year. Yeah, am I in a beef with the McElroy now? 
We're gonna have to find out. Oh, final round, like next round. Yeah, that's what we should do. Yeah, like a tournament of champions eventually. A bracket, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that's all of our show. But I guess the one thing that I like to ask people at the end of our interviews is, um, what's your favorite sound in the world? I like, uh, for about like three weeks in our backyard, there's a really good uh, crickets. Like, we get like really, really good thick cricket sounds for like three or four weeks at the end of the summer. And I love that. That's your answer? Thick crickets? <laughs> <laughs> Two C's. <laughs> yeah, that's how you spell it, too. C-R-I-C-C-E-T. This concludes the second annual 20,000 Hertz Mystery Sound Extravaganza. Thanks for playing. 20,000 Hertz is hosted by me, Dallas Taylor, and produced by the people at DeFacto Sound. To find out more, visit DeFactoSound.com. This episode was produced by Casey Emerling and Andrew Anderson with help from Sam Reinbold. It was sound edited by Soren Bejan. It was sound designed and mixed by Justin Hollis. Game show announcer voiced by Matt K. Baker. A huge thanks goes out to the under understood crew for joining us on this episode. Over on their show, Regina, John, Adrian, and Billy try to find answers to questions that the internet can't answer. It's constantly surprising and hilarious. So go subscribe to Under Understood right here in your podcast player. And from all of us here at 20,000 Hertz, happy holidays. And we'll be back next month. If you need a little more 20,000 Hertz while we're gone, then head over to our website, 20k.org. For each of our episodes, you can check out additional content, get a list of music tracks we used, and see the incredible custom artwork that we commission for each show. The art for this episode is especially fun to see once you know what all of the mystery sounds are. So go check it out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.